take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Did you know that there are lots of people with lots of opinions? How many of you knew that? Oh, look, you all have an opinion yourselves. Yes, there are lots of people in the world with lots of different opinions. And there are lots of different people in the world who have lots of different opinions about things God has said. This morning in the book of Jeremiah, we're going to learn about some prophets. And did you know that not all prophets are good prophets? Now, Jeremiah the prophet was a man of God who truly received messages from God. But there's been other prophets in the days of Jeremiah and even all the way up and still today, prophets who say that they speak truth when really they prophesy a lie. In fact, the book of Galatians that Paul wrote in the New Testament was written by Paul because there was a problem in the church. There was a problem in the church. There were preachers, there were teachers, there were people who were claiming to be Christians who were going around preaching what Paul said was another gospel. And what's really sad about it is that it wasn't really a gospel. It was really taking, and it was a message and series of falsehoods that were telling Christians that they needed to follow the law of Moses and that their salvation was not just in what Jesus had done on the cross and rising from the dead, but that they also, in order to have salvation, must obey the law of Moses. And Paul said, this is another gospel. This is not what we have in Christ This is not truth. But you know, this prophecy of a lie in the New Testament church, in the early church, was really big. And reading between the lines in Galatians, I get the impression mm, that there were some people who were claiming that they had received their messages from angels. Now, that's a big deal because in Hebrews, we find out that actually the word of the Lord had been revealed to men by angels. In fact, the word angel is a Greek word that means messenger. And so there are people who are saying they had another message received from angels. And look with me in Galatians chapter 1 as Paul warns these Christian people of the dangers in this other gospel. He says in Galatians Galatians 1, 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that calleth you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, Paul says, or an angel from heaven 
preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Do you know what this tells me? That when I hear messages, especially messages that tell me about spiritual things, I need to discern and be sure that what I'm hearing is true. Now, Paul in Galatians is dealing with a very specific false teaching, the teaching that in order to be saved, one had to not only believe in Jesus, but also had to keep the law of Moses. And this was very serious because that is not the gospel. The gospel, the good news is, is that we are saved by simply believing in what Jesus already did in dying on the cross and rising from the dead. That is the grace of God. That's the only way anybody can ever be saved. And to then go on, in fact, here in Galatians, it's about a bondage. Well, you know, there's some other scriptures that talk about what we have here in our hands. I hope you all have your Bibles. Here, what you have in your hands, your Bible, is the Word of God. And the Bible tells us that the Bible is a more sure word of prophecy. Meaning that no matter what you hear from this preacher or any other preacher about things of God, it all is tested by what has been revealed in God's Word. It comes back to this. So no matter what you hear in life, needs to come back to the Bible. This morning in Jeremiah, we're going to learn about some words of the Lord given to the nation of Judah. Words of judgment, prophecies of judgment. In fact, actually, it's kind of sad because um, if we look and study Galatians and then we go back and study some of what's going on in Jeremiah, there's a huge contrast between the two. In Galatians, the whole theme of it is, is that we are to rejoice and continue in the freedom that is in the gospel of Jesus Christ and in his grace, and to glory in that. Back in the days of Jeremiah, you know what the message of Jeremiah was? You're going to be the servants of Nebuchadnezzar. You're going to be the servants of Nebuchadnezzar for 70 years. So accept it. Embrace it. You see, kind of there's an opposite of application here. But there's an interesting thing that's similar. There is a battle underlying both of the issues for what is truth. For what is truth. And throughout all history, from way back in the Garden of Eden, there was a challenge of what is truth. God said this. The serpent said this. What is truth? What is truth? And no matter how the situation may change and what the topic may be, the principle of coming back to what God has said and also noting what God has not said is very important for us. It's so very important because there are so many voices, so many opinions. Whose opinion really counts? Whose? 
gods. And so we're going to learn today in Jeremiah's history that what God says is what really, really matters. So let's bow together and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us this morning. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we bow before you and we give thanks to you for your word, for the truth you have revealed and given to us. Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged today to seek to know your truth and that when we are confronted with opinions and lies, we might be able to identify the lies and know the truth as we know your word. So go with us this day, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 27. We've been learning about Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, he, he has been carrying for some time a yoke. You all remember this, right? God commanded Jeremiah to make him yokes and bonds. Oh, Elijah, I need my bonds. Can you get me my bonds? Poor Jeremiah. He's got to carry this yoke. Now, it tells us here in the beginning of this chapter that it was in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim that God gave Jeremiah a command. Listen to what God said to Jeremiah. Make thee bonds and yokes and put them upon thy neck and send them to the king of Edom and to the king of Moab and to the king of the Ammonites and to the king of Tyrus and to the king of Zidon by the hand of the messengers which come to Jerusalem unto Zedekiah, king of Judah. And so, in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, Jeremiah was commanded to make bonds and yokes. And as we continue through this chapter, we're going to find out why. He was going to make six of them. Did you hear who for? For each of these nations, each of their kings... And he's to give them to their messengers. And you know what? It had to do with servanthood. How many of you have a, a yoke at home? You can even use yokes? No? We don't use, you use yokes sometimes? Yeah. Sometimes people use yokes still today. Um, it's, it's a symbol of work, isn't it? Well, today it's a symbol of servanthood servanthood and a particular king, a particular nation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take on my yoke here and I'm going to write a nation on my yoke, which is a symbol. And I wonder, since you can't see, do any of you know what nation I might be writing? Any guesses? I'll give you a hint. Starts with a B. Yes. Babylon. I'm going to write it on both sides so we don't miss it. B-A-B-Y-L-O-N. Babylon. So, Jeremiah, he makes six 
of these yokes and bonds. And the purpose of them is so that when the servants of these different kingdoms come to him, he can give to them a message. And the message is the servanthood of Babylon. Now, how many of you would like to be the servant of Babylon? Any of you want to be the servant of Babylon? Hey, you're not alone. Neither did any of the people in the days of Jeremiah. Well, if we look at the chronology here in Jeremiah chapter 27, we find out that it was commanded of him to make these in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim. And then it tells us that he was to deliver these to the messengers of these six kings in the fourth year of the reign of Zedekiah, which means that for many years, Jeremiah was constructing these yokes and I think also carrying them. You see, he was commanded to make these yokes before Nebuchadnezzar had even actually come into the land. Nebuchadnezzar hadn't yet even come into the land. And Jeremiah puts this on and walks through the kingdom. Would you think it rather strange for a guy like Jeremiah to be preaching with the yoke on him? Imagine if for the last 11 years, every week you saw me, every time you saw me, I'd be carrying a yoke. I'd be preaching my sermons to you with a yoke. All the while, as a symbol that there is trouble coming. Now, put yourself back in the chronology of the events here again. Oh, do I have slides here? Well, it's kind of hard to do things with this yoke. Trying to unlock my computer. Scratch something up, I know. You've all, you've all seen these three dates, right? When Jeremiah made these yokes and bonds, it was before the first date up there. The first date is 606 B.C. Can somebody tell me what happened in 606 B.C., Hannah? Yes, that's right. Daniel and his three friends were carried away captive to Babylon, but not just Daniel, but also the princes of the nation were carried away captive to Babylon. When Jeremiah had built this yoke, made this yoke in the beginning, it was before this happened. Nobody liked the idea of Babylon, but you know why Jeremiah is carrying this yoke around? It carries a meaning. Get ready to be the servants of the king of Babylon. Get ready to serve Babylon for 70 years. For 70 years, prepare to serve the king of Babylon. But you know what? Jeremiah was a lone voice, which is kind of interesting in comparing this to the truth that comes in, Jer in, in Galatians. Because over in Galatians, the whole theme and message is, is don't put yourself under the yoke of the bondage of the law, for you are free in Christ. Jeremiah's message today is, you're going to be the servants and the slaves of the king of Nebuchadnezzar. So, Submit to it and live. What's interesting about the contrasting of these two is that it's not really about the message. The point I'm wanting to make to you today is not the message difference, but the fact of what God said. 
You see, what God had said, what God had said is, you'll serve Babylon for 70 years. For how many years? Uh. Oh, and how old are you going to be in 70 years? Eighty-two. Do you think Owen wants to believe this message of Jeremiah? Do you want to? Here, you want to carry this for 70 years? You want to live under the servitude of Babylon for 70 years? Um, Brother Ray, how old will you be in 70 years? He'll, he'll, He'll be in heaven. We're talking about a lifetime serving Babylon. And you might say, this doesn't make, this doesn't, what? Well, you know what? As Jeremiah was going throughout the land with his stocks and his bonds, well, later, I shouldn't say stocks, with his bonds and his yokes, Jeremiah's going to find out some stocks later. But as he's carrying this yoke and he's preaching the sermon of 70 years, 70 years, 70 years of captivity, servanthood to Babylon, you'll be under the yoke of Babylon for 70 years. There are all kinds of other prophets who are going around saying, no, 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 it's not going to be that way. It's not going to be that way. Jeremiah's wrong. 606 comes. Princes are taken captive. They're taken hostage, basically. Time goes by. Jehoiakim the king dies. His son, Kaniah, becomes king and reigns less than a year. And he is carried away captive by King Nebuchadnezzar, along with 10,000 other captives, including Ezekiel and Mordecai and the tradesmen of the land. The words of Jeremiah are coming true. Not only are there the hostages in 606 B.C., but then in 597 B.C., There's another captivity. The king is taken and put under the yoke of Babylon and carried away captive to Babylon. And Zedekiah, his uncle, is made king. He's made king, not by the people. You know who made him king? You know who made him king? Nebuchadnezzar made him king. That means he's not really king. His authority is only because Nebuchadnezzar gave him that authority. And so then, Zedekiah now has become king, and Jeremiah is continuing to preach. In fact, if we go over to chapter 29 here, we find out that after this captivity, Jeremiah wrote a letter to all the captives in Babylon saying, settle down, build houses, plant vineyards, because you're going to be here for 70 years. And you know what? Not only in Jerusalem were there false prophets, but there were false prophets in Babylon too. In fact, Jeremiah seemed to be a lonely voice saying, submit to the yoke of the bondage, the servanthood of Babylon. But nobody wanted to. In fact, the false prophets continued to say, we will not serve. In fact, in chapter 29, There were false prophets in Babylon who had gotten this letter from Jeremiah telling them all to settle down, to build houses, to plant vineyards, to live life, get used to it. 
And they wrote a letter back to Jerusalem to all the bigwigs and famous important people in Jerusalem saying, why aren't you guys doing anything about that Jeremiah? That Jeremiah who's going around telling people that we're going to serve Babylon for 70 years. Why are you letting this guy go around spreading all this bad, 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 bad news? Stop him. Well, in Jerusalem, there were also false prophets who heard the message of Jeremiah, which, by the way, notice is not the message of Jeremiah. It is the message of the Lord. It is the message of the Lord that has come. But that doesn't make any difference to false prophets like Hananiah. Not the Hananiah who was friends with Daniel, but Hananiah who was a false prophet who caused people to trust in lies. Here Jeremiah is going around telling people the servanthood, the servitude of Babylon will be 70 years. Prepare for it. Submit to Nebuchadnezzar so that you can live was the message of Jeremiah. But Hananiah and others said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't believe Jeremiah. The servitude of Babylon, it's almost over. And in fact, here now, as time has gone by, the words of Jeremiah have begun to be fulfilled, or rather, should I say, the words of the Lord. 606 B.C., captives are taken. 597 B.C., more captives are taken. And that's when this climaxes into a crisis. Will people submit to Nebuchadnezzar or will they continue to rebel? Well, early in the reign of King Zedekiah, Zedekiah being set up by Nebuchadnezzar, these other five nations send messengers to Jerusalem. And here is the time when the 11-year sermon of the yoke reaches a pinnacle. For Jeremiah comes before those messengers from all these different kingdoms. Could you imagine it with me here? Let's get some helpers up here. Who wants to be King Zedekiah? Nathan, can you go sit up there on the throne and put the crown on? You'll be King Zedekiah. And I need five other helpers. Five other helpers. First five up here. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Come on, come on. Five guys. Five guys. We've got one, two. Walter, you coming? Yeah, James, you coming? One, two, three, four. Oh, James, come, come. That'd be five. You guys go gather around His Majesty King Zedekiah up there. These are from these nations. Did you see those nations? Do you see them there? In verse 3, the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the Ammonites, the king of Tyrus, the king of Zidon, and the king of Judah. Jeremiah has been commanded to make bonds and yokes for every one of them. Now, did you know that when important people come to important people, important people give other important people important gifts, right? That's why it was so funny several years ago when a president of the United States gave the Queen of England an iPod with a bunch of his speeches on it. Everybody was like, huh? Huh? That's a weird gift to give to somebody. Well, you guys all have come here to see the important king of Judah. You know, it's not stated in the narrative, but you don't want to know why I think these kingdoms have come together. Here we have messengers, ambassadors, 
from great kingdoms all surrounding Israel. All the other kingdoms surrounding Israel. And you know what? You all have had a problem with, guess who? Babylon. And do you know why I think they've all come to you, your majesty, Zedekiah? Because you guys are going to plan a confederacy. You know what a confederacy is? It's where you guys are going to join forces to rebel against Nebuchadnezzar. So here they've come together to rebel against Nebuchadnezzar. And for 11 years, Jeremiah has been making and carrying yokes through Jerusalem, telling people, submit, submit to the king of Babylon. And on this day, in your fourth year, when you're beginning to stabilize yourself, don't forget, Nebuchadnezzar made you king. But he wants to be king all by himself. And as they're making plans, it's implied they're making plans to rebel, Jeremiah comes right into this very throne room and preaches a message to them. You know what? Jeremiah has a gift for each one of you. It's a very important gift. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Oh, I'll show you what it is. Move aside, guys. It's your very own yoke. Oh, and bonds. We'll just hang that there. Aren't you the important guy from Edom? Are you the important guy from Edom? Yeah, he's the important guy from Edom, and look what I just gave him. Imagine, imagine if the Queen of England came to America and the president gave her one of these. Ooh! I wonder how you're feeling here. Oh, that Jeremiah. Oh, that Jeremiah. Ruining all of our plans. Jeremiah, he brings to them this message. Are you ready to hear the message of the Lord? Thus saith the Lord of hosts, all of you just received a gift of yokes and bonds. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, thus shall you say to your masters, your kings back home, I, the Lord says, have made the earth, the man and the beast that are upon the ground, by my great power and by my outstretched arm, and have given it unto whom it seemeth meet unto me. Your king, not just because Nebuchadnezzar made you king, but because God wants you to be king. And each of you serve a king that's only king because God allows him to be king. And now, have I given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. And the beasts of the fields have I given him also to serve him. And all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's sons until the very time of his land come and then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him and it shall come to pass that the nation and kingdom which will not serve the same Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon and will not put their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon that nation I will punish saith the Lord 
with the sword and with the famine and with the pestilence until I have consumed them by his hand. Therefore, hearken not ye to your prophets, nor to your diviners, nor to your dreamers, nor to your enchanters, nor to your sorcerers, which speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you to, to remove you far from your land, that I, the Lord, shall drive you out and ye should perish. But the nations, the nations that bring their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, them will I let remain still in their own land, saith the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell therein. Did you get the gist of the sermon? The message to this king and his confederacy? Don't rebel against Nebuchadnezzar. Submit to him. Take his yoke and take it and put your neck under it. Right? Submit to it and live. God says that if you don't, you'll be destroyed. You'll be destroyed. Submit to the king of Babylon. Now look up here at our dates again. This sermon is coming here after we've already seen Daniel and the princes of, his, of Judah carried away captive. They're the hostages. You better behave. We've got your princes. Oh, a few years passed. They weren't really obeying. Nebuchadnezzar came and took a few more captives. And here was the time when Jeremiah comes with this message to you all. Do you want to live? If you want to live, embrace the chains. Take them, wear them. You want to live? Submit. Put your neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and live. This is the word of the Lord. Does that sound like a message you want to hear? You're going to bring this souvenir back to your majesty, the king? You think he's going to be very impressed with your souvenir? What do you think of this gift that your, these messengers are going to bring back to their kings? You think it's going to make you very popular? These messages have been shared with these kingdoms. And there's a special message ready for this king. Oh, you're not going to take it, are you? There's a special message for King Zedekiah. Verse 12. Jeremiah 27. I spake also, Jeremiah says, unto the king of Judah, Zedekiah, according to all these words, saying, Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Catch the phrase live. 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 Why will ye die? Why will ye die, thou and thy people, by the sword and by famine and by the pestilence, as the Lord has spoken against the nation that will not serve the king of Babylon? 
Therefore, hearken not, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you, a lie. For I have not sent them, saith the Lord, yet they prophesy a lie in my name, that I might drive you out, and that ye might perish, ye and the prophets that prophesy unto you. Will you submit? The message has been given to the messengers of the kings. The message has been given to his majesty, Zedekiah. And you know what? There is a message for all the people. So you've all heard the message now. And now it tells us in verse 16, also I, Jeremiah, spake to the priests and to all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, hearken not, hearken not to the words of your prophets that prophesy to you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house shall now shortly be brought again from Babylon, for they prophesy unto you a lie. You see, what has happened in these captivities is that some of the great vessels have been carried away from the temple. And do you see that beautiful, those beautiful, magnificent pillars there on that temple? Jeremiah says, you're so proud of those? You want to keep those there in your temple? You want to keep these vessels? Jeremiah says, then serve the king of Babylon. Meanwhile, false prophets, I got one here, one here named Hananiah says to you, oh, no, 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 no. Jeremiah is telling you to submit in case the rest of these vessels and the gold and the bronze get carried away. Hananiah says, oh, no, 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 no. It's all going to come back. Everything that Nebuchadnezzar has already taken is going to come back. Don't submit to him. You're going to win this. Hananiah and other prophets like him are prophesying this in the name of the Lord. They're saying these are messages from the Lord. Can that happen? Can the Lord say one thing through one messenger and another thing through another messenger? No! That means somebody's lying. And Jeremiah has identified the false prophets as the liars. He says, hearken not to them. That's what he says here. Verse 17, hearken not unto them. Serve the king of Babylon and live! Wherefore should this cry, this city, be laid waste? But if they be prophets, if they be prophets, you know how you tell if a prophet's a prophet? Listen up. If, if they be prophets, and if the word of the Lord be with them, let them now make intercession to the Lord of hosts. Let them pray to the Lord of hosts. That the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord and in the house of the king of Judah and at Jerusalem go not to Babylon. For thus saith, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars, those beautiful pillars, concerning the pillars, concerning the sea. You see the brazen sea there on the backs of the oxen. Concerning the sea and concerning the bases, concerning the residue of the vessels that remain in the city, which Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon took not, 
when he carried away captive Coniah and the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yea, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the Lord and in the house of the king of Judah and of Jerusalem. They shall be carried to Babylon. And there shall they be until the day that I visit them, saith the Lord. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. Ah, did you catch that, everybody? We agree on something. You say that the vessels are going to come back, and so did I. Because that is true of the Lord. There's a difference, though. Hananiah and the false prophets in Judah and Jerusalem and all throughout this period of time are prophesying that it's going to happen quickly, soon. Don't submit to Babylon. Fight against him. Don't submit. Fight against him. Deliverance, freedom, freedom's coming soon. Jeremiah says the exact opposite. Jeremiah says that they're coming back, but not for 70 years. 70 years. So what is the message to the people? Submit to Nebuchadnezzar and live. You know, I submit to you the parallel between what we see in Jeremiah's day and also the parallel to the message of Galatians chapter 1. It's not about the specifics and the details, really. It's about believing what God has said. That's the lesson that's true in both sides. And it's kind of interesting that the concept and the content of the message is kind of between them very contrasted. The whole point of Galatians is you're free. Don't let anyone, even an angel from heaven, put you under the bondage of the law. And in this context, the word of the Lord is submit to it if you want to live. Submit to it. The issue is not about the content of the message, really. It's really about do you believe the word of the Lord? Do you believe the word of the Lord? Or will you heap to you teachers who will tickle your ears and tell you just what you want to hear? Huh? You ever have an itchy ear? We got to reach up there and scratch it? You ever have that? Hmm. You ever have an ear that just wants to hear what it wants to hear? You don't want to hear when mom and dad tell you to do something. But, you know, if somebody's going to tell you something, you, you want somebody to tell you nice things that make your ear feel nice. Do you like your ear feeling nice? Yeah, he's not so sure. Do we want the truth? Or do we just want what makes us happy? The truth for this day wasn't very pleasant. I don't think any of you wanted to go back with the messenger carrying that souvenir from Jerusalem of a yoke. I don't think you wanted to hear it. Nobody wanted to hear it. The prophets didn't want to hear it. No, 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 no. They didn't want to hear it. Well, time goes by. I imagine you guys go back to your king. Thank you, guys. You can go back to your seats. 
Imagine they're going back to their kings. <laughs> and they've got these souvenirs. I wonder what their kings thought of them when they came walking in back into the throne room palace and said, here you go. Put yourself, your neck, under the yoke of the king of Babylon. I imagine maybe there was some pretty hot tempers that raised up. No, they had sent these messengers to Zedekiah to form a confederacy, and they come back with... Oh. The trouble didn't stop. Because Jeremiah, he, he kept on, he kept on carrying that yoke. Remember now, again, the situation. The situation was that there's, there's been the prophecy that Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar would come. And he already has come twice and carried away captives. And meanwhile, Jeremiah carries this yoke as a symbol all where he goes in Jerusalem to remind everyone, submit, submit. But you know this guy named Hananiah? No, 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 no. He's preaching an entirely different sermon. For it tells us that it came to pass in the same year in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet, which was of Gibeon, spake unto me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and of all the people. So imagine with me, you're now there with me in the temple. I'm there. I'm carrying my yoke. I've been carrying it for some time now after this whole confrontation with the kings, the king and the messengers from the kings. Listen to the words of Hananiah. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years I will, will I bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon took away from his, this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Jeremiah replied, Amen. Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words which thou hast prophesied to bring the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Did you like what he said? If you were there in Jerusalem in the temple that day, would you have been like Jeremiah too and said, Amen, the Lord bring this to pass, Amen, let it be so. Jeremiah, I believe, is absolutely sincere when he cries out, Amen. When he prays that it be so. But in verse 7 
of Jeremiah 28, Jeremiah continues. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in thine ears and in the ears of all the people. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and the great against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesieth peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. Jeremiah wants what he has said to happen. And he says to him in front of all the people, amen, let it be so. But know how you know whether or not a prophet is true. Will his words come to pass? Will your words come to pass? Has the word Lord really spoken through you? Are you really a true prophet? Has the Lord truly sent you? As you claim, saying, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, has he said this? Now, I wonder what you would do if you were Hananiah being confronted with this question. You want to know what Hananiah did? When he was confronted with the question of whether or not he was telling the truth, he did not humble himself and acknowledge his lie. Instead, he walked right up to Jeremiah. That yoke, that symbol of servitude, he took from Jeremiah. And you know what we're going to do with it? You're going to break it in pieces. Thus saith the Lord. Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. Boy, these preachers like object lessons. See what he's just done to the object lesson of Jeremiah? He said, I'm going to break it. I'm going to break it. No, no. The yoke of Babylon within two full years is going to be broken. Who do you believe? Who do you believe? Jeremiah has said it's going to be 70 years. He says it's going to be two full years. Well, when this happened, Jeremiah, he went away. He 
left. And then the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. And the Lord sent Jeremiah to Hananiah. He sent him back. And Jeremiah came back to Hananiah and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, and I have given him the beasts of the field also. You all thought the yokes of wood were hard and heavy. You didn't like the yokes of wood. God says, because of these men and their prophesies of lies and that you believe the lies, indeed, the yokes of wood will be broken and instead they'll be replaced with yokes of iron. Iron's a heavy metal. I mean, think about it. If I got to carry heavy stuff in the buckets, the last thing I want is also to carry a heavy yoke. But there will be a heavy yoke now. And there is yet another message for you here, Hananiah. Here now, Hananiah. Here now, Hananiah. The Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee forth off the face of the earth, and this year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month, two months later. I find it fascinating that last phrase of the words of Jeremiah to Hananiah there in verse 16 because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. You see, the message of Jeremiah's yoke was not Jeremiah's message. It was the message of the Lord. And the Lord was pleading with the people, submit to Nebuchadnezzar, lest worse come. And you should know, if I tell you ahead of the story, worse came. That temple that they gloried in, that they boasted in, you yourself in 586 B.C., just in a few more years, dig a hole in a wall, and you and your sons crawl out that garden wall, fleeing, because you chose to ignore Jeremiah and refused to submit to the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar. You rebelled to him, and Nebuchadnezzar came upon that city and crushed it, executing Zedekiah, killing him. Or he didn't kill Zedekiah, he killed his sons, and then he blinded Zedekiah and carried him away as a slave. A yoke of iron. God had said to him, obey me and live. And so you can see the lessons and the messages between Galatians and Jeremiah. Well, keep in mind the message for the day, people in the days of Jeremiah were for the people in the days of Jeremiah. The message in the days of here, Galatians chapter 1 is, and the whole book of Galatians is for us. 
And the key question in all of this, and the point I want to make today is, who do you believe? Who do you believe? Do you believe what God has said and what he has revealed in his word? The more sure word of prophecy we have? Actually, we live in a more privileged, better time now, now, because we have God's word than they did in the days of Jeremiah when the word was still being revealed. Now we have a more sure word prophecy that we can live by and test things by. Who are the voices in your lives? What do they tell you about life? What do they tell you about family? What do they tell you about what you do and how you live? Does it agree with what God has said? There's lots of lies about so many things in our society and world today that are presented as truth. Do we all come back to say, what's God say? And when God says it, do we believe it? Our more sure word of prophecy, the word of God, everything comes back to this. It doesn't matter even if a preacher is telling you something, if it contradicts God's word, it's not true. If an angel tells you something and it contradicts God's word, you can be assured it's a fallen angel and not a holy angel. It doesn't matter who it is. Everything comes back to what God has said. And do we believe what God has said? Gracious God, we thank you for your word. May we live it. May we know it. May we obey it. And first and foremost, may we believe it. May we walk in you and your word abide in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.